0: Welcome to the Kaleo Life Podcast. You can find more resources for gospel living and information about us by going to our website, kaleo.community. Enjoy today's sermon. I was uh, trying to think of an uh, introduction earlier this morning. I hadn't quite thought of an introduction for my, uh, my message yet. Kind of morphed a little bit <laughs> from where I started, but I was thinking about uh babies children you know i'm i'm a I'm essentially a new father, my daughter's only a little over a year old and I'm gonna be a father of a baby boy here soon but you know there's this learning process that uh you know babies children have they, they don't know everything when they come out of the womb right they don't know what um love is they don't know what um i don't know how to walk how to speak how to express their minds that are that are forming right um but i was seeing that that side of uh love when children are learning about love essentially their primary area where they learn that is from their parents right from their family their brothers and sisters um so for for my daughter hazel you know when I'm, I don't know, when we're clapping for her or hugging her or kissing her. And then and then you see that reciprocated where you see it reciprocated on the stuffed animals, where she hugs her stuffed animals and shows that, you know, these are her favorite ones that she she loves. Even though she's not really expressing that, she is imitating that expression of love that we're giving her. Right. And that's how that's how children learn. That's how babies learn by Imitation and through their family and through social interactions with other kids, and um, uh, but through a family, and that's kind of their primary area of where they learn about love. And kind of in the same, not in the same way, but in the Christian life, it is essential and we'll see that today in our passage today it is essential that we learn about the love of Christ within the body of Christ with with our brothers and sisters in Christ um and and it is i I would say it is an essential thing that we need and we're going to dig a little bit more into that as as we get going. So we're in Ephesians. We've been going through Ephesians for a little bit here. We're in Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verses 14 through 19, is the passage we're in. So I'm going to go ahead and read that. It says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, and according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. And I meant to say, when I was doing that intro, this this love that we learn with and through one another in the body of Christ is through the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't want that to be left out, right? It is because of Christ um, it is because of the power that the Holy Spirit uh, works through us that we can come to understand and know and share that love. So that according to the riches, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And God bless the reading of his word. I'm going to pray now um, as, we, as we dig into it. Father, I pray that you would give me the words to say, that you would stop any words that um, you do not want to come out of my mouth. Uh, you give us your word, and I pray that your word would be preached. That your word, through your Spirit, our hearts would be be transformed, Father. That we would better know the the love of God, Father. That we would better the power, your power, Father. That we won't just know it, but that we will, that we can utilize it, Father, for the furthering of your kingdom, for the growing of of of, of your church. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. So, in this section, we see that Paul uh, is pleading to God the Father for the Ephesian believers to grant them strength through um, through the power of the Spirit and understanding of the love of Christ through His Church, um, which will result in being filled with the fullness of God. Um, And so it is my prayer today that our Father would grant you here at Kaleo, body of believers at Kaleo, to be strengthened with power by his Spirit, that you would know and experience the love of Christ together so that you may be filled with the fullness of God. kind of adding on to that, that you may go out and live in a manner that's worthy of the calling that God has called you to. So this is the second prayer that Paul has given to the believers. They're, they're actually fairly similar. There's a, uh, there's a few, I think, key things. We're not going to go over all of them. Um, ben spoke on that was in chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. Um, I'm going to read uh, chapter 1, verses 19. It says, "And what? Let me go back a little bit. Having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might that he worked out in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. So initially, in this first prayer, Paul is praying for the Ephesian believers that they would know the power of God. They would know the power of God that, that they have, that, is, that he worked out in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And in this, in this one we're in today, he actually prays for them to be strengthened with this power. Is not just an intellectual knowing how much power God has or this power that we have inside of us. This is a, a, a prayer that God would strengthen the Ephesian believers, that they would use that power, that they would be filled with that power, that they can go out and live, well, be filled with the fullness of God and walk in a manner worthy of their calling. Our first point today will be the Father grants his power through the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I believe I've broken this up into kind of four four points. But the first one is the Father grants his power through the Holy Spirit in our lives. He starts out, for this reason, I bow before the Father from whom every family in heaven on earth is named. says, for this reason, Paul uh, Paul stated in the previous passage in chapter 3, he said he was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace that was given to me. Um, Verse 10 says, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Paul was chosen by God to minister to them, right? He, uh, for the purpose of... Showing the manifold wisdom of God to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And part of that was done by bringing Gentiles into the family of God. And not in a proselyte way where you have to um, accept the Jewish culture and do all that, but because of what Christ has done, now through Christ they are brought into the family of God. Right? So that's. One of one of those ways that God has brought the Gentiles to the family of God, and I think here when he says, "For this reason, I bow my knees, my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, He is calling us uh, back to that uh, joining. Gentiles into the family of God. That God is not Paul is bringing this prayer for the Ephesian believers after he talks about the mystery of the Gentiles, that the Gentiles are now part of the family of God. They are now adopted into the family of God through the work of Christ and faith. Now, because of that, all nations can claim God as their father through faith. I think Paul is reiterating this truth of the history before God that he's praying for them. Right? And so Paul, Paul gets into the intercession of his prayer. Kind of a key verse for this, for this point. is says that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. According to the riches of his glory. I think Paul here is praying in humbleness that what he is going to ask of God, that what he is intercessing for the believers here, that it would be to the glory of God, to the riches of the glory of God, not to me receiving those riches, right, not that the believers would receive glory for their love for one another, but that this prayer that he's about to pray would be for the glory of God, and I think Paul prays this in humbleness, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. It is the Father who grants, it is God the Father who grants this power to be given, right? Notice he doesn't say to the Ephesian believers, you need to receive the spirit, because as a believer, they had received the spirit of God, right? They have the spirit of God living inside them, and there is power there, whether we realize it or not. There is power of God inside of our lives, whether we realize it or not, and it is the Father who grants that power to be strengthened, and it happens through His Spirit, and we see that this this power inside of us that Ben mentioned in one of his previous sermons is immeasurable, right? Saw this in chapter 1, verse 19. What is the immeasurable Greatness of His power toward us who believe, and so Paul is bowing before God in prayer for the Ephesian believers. He wants them to be strengthened with God's power through the Spirit. And I would exhort our elders, our our leaders, specifically Jordan and Ben, to be encouraged to grow in this area, praying for the body of Christ, that we would be filled. With the Spirit, that we would receive the power of the Spirit, that we would know the power of God in our lives. I think Paul leaves a pretty good, pretty good template here to follow. There's a time of prayer they set aside. um, I guess right at the end, before kind of the break, that's the either Ben or Jordan is praying for that, and they're praying for believers, right? There's, there's times that they've offered, I don't know how many, if, they, if they've been taken up on it, that they would like to pray for the sick. If you're sick, they want you to call them so that they can come and pray for you. But then there are also those who are also leaders in different ways, where there's fathers and mothers, right? Um, Maybe leaders of DNA groups, um, leaders in the gospel communities. We should be praying for those that we're leading. We should be praying for our children. If they have believed in Christ, to be filled with the Spirit. And if they have not believed in Christ, that God would call them to himself. Because it's the Father who grants the power of the Holy Spirit in the lives of a believer, and we need to go to Him for that, right? So let's let's continue to look at this passage. And um, my second point is uh, through the Spirit and faith, Christ is able to dwell in our hearts. Uh, verse seventeen, kind of added on to. Be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I'm just going to stop there. This dwelling has a meaning of being at home in the sense that we have given our whole life over to him. All aspects of our life. That, that's a hard one because we, I feel like we're continually having these areas that we have to surrender to God and make him Lord of our life in. It is through faith alone, in Christ alone, that we are able to live a life like Christ. And that's what we're called Christians, right? Little Christs. You're to be Christ-like, and it is through faith alone and through power of God through his spirit. Paul, of course, here is speaking to believers, but this is also how we first came to know Christ, by faith in Jesus. If, if you have not placed your faith in Jesus, Christ does not dwell in, dwell in your heart. You do not have the spirit. You do not have the power of God in your life. And you just think of, uh, go back a chapter to Ephesians 2. You were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world. If you've not put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are dead in your trespasses and sins. In John 6, I kind of quoted it a little bit earlier, but I'll actually quote it from, from here. It says, this is Jesus speaking, it says, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and i will raise him up on the last day it is the father who it is the father who grants that power it is the father i'd say in a in a way that grants almost that that calling that faith that we place in him. So if you have not believed in Jesus, I would I would call you to do that today. And Jesus made made a way for you to come to him, and it was through the cross of Christ, taking the punishment for your sins on the cross. And if you would come to him in faith, I would be confident that he would not turn you away. God is not willing that any should perish but that. that all should come to repentance. If you come to him in sincerity and faith, he will not turn you away. Through the Spirit and faith, Christ is able to dwell in your hearts, in our hearts. Our next point through the Spirit and the saints, we can come to know the love of Christ more fully that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. One thing we see here is that the Ephesian believers were rooted and grounded in love, and we see that also in, in Paul's first prayer. When he points out in chapter 1, verse 15, he says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you. Are you rooted and grounded in love? Have you, I mean, to some degree, we should be, if we have believed in Jesus, that we have received the love of Christ, right? That even though we were dead in our trespasses and sins, that he keeps us alive together with Christ. That is, that is um, I think that is a foundation that we have, right? For the love of Christ that we should be grounded in. That God loves his children. But they were rooted and grounded in love, and it showed in their love towards all the saints. Do you love your brothers and sisters in Christ? I was reading 1 John. This, I'm not quite done going through. As I've been reading each chapter, I've just been convicted. Like, you you know, you think it's, it's this love book, but each step of the way, I'm convicted in how I'm loving. Am I really loving? how 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 can I love how can I love better how can I love like Christ how can I sacrifice how can I have a sacrificial love for my brothers and sisters in Christ uh, it's just so convicting so if you get a chance this week go ahead and read first John you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and and depth. Here again, we see this this prayer for strength, and I, I I again would say that this strength comes through His Spirit, through the Spirit of God. That strength comes comes with power through the Spirit. The strength to comprehend all the saints. Everyone who has believed in, I said this a little bit earlier, but everyone who has believed in Jesus has experienced and known the love of God at salvation, hopefully, like individually through the cross, right? I believe that Paul is trying to bring out here that it is together. With our brothers and sisters here in the body of Christ, that we come to comprehend the love of Christ. I think it um, is an essential part that we come to know the love of Christ from our brothers and sisters. Like that, um, like when I was saying earlier how children learn from their family, from their parents, from their friends. We too, as body of believers learn from our brothers and sisters in Christ. Here's a question. For you. Have you experienced the love of Christ through a brother or sister? I'm sure you can think of a few people you've experienced that through. Who've encouraged you, who've come and walked alongside you, maybe in a dark time, a time of depression. when you're in sin and they come alongside you and they encourage you and they point you to the cross. They point you to Jesus Christ. We experience more fully the love of Christ in the body of believers. And so I'd encourage you to continue coming to Kaleo to continue going to your, and this is for me too, going to your gospel communities. Continue going to your DNA groups. If you're one of those uh, people who are always hospitable and inviting people other over, continue in that. Maybe you've thought about it, but your house is so messy. And you're like, well, I don't know if I want to invite people, but I do want to invite people over. You should make it happen. Invite your brothers and sisters over, right? We want to show each other the love of Christ. Jesus said in in John chapter 13 that they will know you are my disciples if you love one another. So this isn't just this. We experience the love of Christ more fully with each other, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. But that also goes to the unbelievers. Not Maybe they don't necessarily experience that love, but they see that something's different, that there is the love of Christ there, something that they can't put their finger on because, how, how does he put it here? The love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. But they should see that love that surpasses knowledge and not be able to put their finger on it, but know that they're missing out on something, that they're missing out on the love of Christ. And Paul prays that what he calls surpasses knowledge. He asks God to grant to the Ephesian believers that they would know some sort of, not that it would be measurable, but that somehow they would understand it to some degree. And again, with our brothers and sisters, we understand it more fully. And I don't know if we'll ever fully understand the love of Christ. I hope we do. But that shouldn't stop us from being like, well, can't fully know the love of Christ, so I'm not going to seek it out either. I was actually thinking, uh, Ben was talking to me right beforehand, and singing a Peter, of Peter. who called uh, while we were at the camp out, and uh, I know uh, the churches aren't here today, but I know they're in contact with him, and they talked to him over the phone, and Ben was able to talk to him over the phone. I'm like, that's, that's something we do. We stand, even, even when they're isolated from the body of Christ, right? We, we reach out to them. We seek to love them how we can. And when we can't, we, we seek to encourage them to get into God's word and seek Christ's love for themselves, right? It is, and for our last point, it is through the Spirit and the knowledge of Christ's love, that we can be filled with the fullness of God. It says, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Always seems kind of uh, abstract. I think Ben used a word, not specifically for this, but uh, I haven't used it really, but ethereal doesn't seem like, it almost seems too perfect or like uh, something, almost that we can't comprehend it. It doesn't, like it makes sense, but it doesn't quite, I don't know, come to a reality in, in our minds. Um, to be filled with the fullness of God. And uh, this also points back to his first prayer in Ephesians 1. I just want to read that, the end of that. It says, and he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So this, this fullness of God is not, I would say, is not in its fullness experienced in an individual believer. It is experienced within the body of Christ, within the body of to be filled with the fullness of God. And I think we see, as we as we dig into Ephesians, the rest of Ephesians is this first part kind of tells the Ephesians who they are in Christ. And the last part kind of shows what it's supposed to look like. This is who you are supposed, this is how your life is supposed to be worked out. This is how the Christian life is supposed to be worked out, I think. When, when we have... When we are meeting with each other, when we are praying for each other to be filled with power through the Holy Spirit, when he strengthens us in that power and we are living the life of a Christian, how we are supposed to live it, we are doing that in the fullness of God we are able to live live the Live the life that God has called us to. In chapter 4, verse 1, we're not there yet, but I want to read this. It says, I therefore, prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. I think this this little section gives us a glimpse of what the fullness of God looks like in the life of the church, in the life of the Christian believer. How are we to work out our Christian lives in love and power when, we are doing, when what we are doing is in our own power? It doesn't work. How are we to live our Christian lives when we, maybe we don't think this out loud, but when we believe the Spirit can't give power to a life, How are we to live a life of love when we start to believe that after failing so many times that God's love is diminished in our lives? And because of these lies, instead of turning to God and our brothers and sisters in the church that he has placed us in, a family Instead of turning to God, we isolate and oftentimes rob ourselves from knowing the love of God and the immeasurable riches of his grace that he gives in kindness to those who believe. God... Like a list, he keeps bringing it up, in a, Paul keeps bringing it up in Ephesians. He mentions riches, immeasurable. Uh, uh, Ephesians one eighteen says, "What are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints?" Ephesians two seven says that He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. In Ephesians 3, he says this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And then in the section we read today, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. God wants his children to partake in these riches. He wants us to partake and know his love. And he doesn't want us to just know his love, but he wants us, I would say, to receive and experience that love and project that out to our brothers and sisters, project that out to the world around us, to Grace Harbor, to start a Bible study for the homeless that they would know the love of God to spend time out at the ha- at Hambone camp, at camp Hambone <laughs> to encourage one another and love one another right he has measurable riches and he gives them in kindness to those who believe so it is my prayer tonight that our, that our Father would,
1: you know, actually, I'm just
0: going to pray. I'm going to, I'm going to close this out in prayer. I'm going to pray for, pray for you. Father, we come before you. Father of uh, so, so many families, all nations. Father, I pray that you would grant those here at Kaleo, those who have put their faith in you, Father, that you would not just help them to know the power that you have, Father, but that they would be strengthened today. That you would strengthen them with that power, through your spirit that lives inside of them through your spirit who's here with us. Father, that, that we would know and understand and experience the love of Christ together as we walk with one another, as we serve with one another. Father, strengthen us to be a part of your church. Father, that we would know your love, that we would be filled with the fullness of God. That everyone here would be able to go out and live in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have called them. this reason we come before you. We pray this in Jesus' name.